Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, we're going to come to you from the D in Las Vegas after the Detroit Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending world champs in their house at Arrowhead Stadium. Nobody said it could be done on this Friday morning. Just some quick reactions to the game. Uh, We're going to have more over the weekend. We'll have more at the beginning of next week when TJ Lang gets back from Arrowhead. But I'm here at the D in Las Vegas. We watched the game here last night. It was a great atmosphere. And excited to share it with you. Um, the, the 21 to 20 victory last night. I want to be a little bit specific when I give some of these general reactions, and that is in regards to I want to talk at first about last year's draft and the impact that it had on this game. And we'll get a chance to talk about Jared Goff, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the moments, gambling Dan, and fake punts and all that stuff. But I want to start by talking about the rookie class, Jameer Gibbs, seven rushes, 42 yards, two catches, 18 yards. I felt like he had a good impact. He had an impact when he was on the field. He was a threat. I would have liked to have seen him utilized just a little bit more, especially in the third and fourth quarters. I, I kind of everybody around, and every time I was looking at the screen, I kept thinking, why are we not seeing more of Jameer Gibbs? And it's not at all that I felt like David Montgomery wasn't getting the job done. I just feel like there was a certain threat. There was a certain feel when he was on the field. Jack Campbell, I thought he played a terrific game. In the third quarter, there was a moment where it was a first down play. There was a pass. He's dropping into coverage. And then as he's looking at the line of scrimmage, has to pivot, turn to his left, dive, and defend a a pass the ball. It showed his athleticism, and it showed everything in one one, uh, play of why he was drafted in the first round, as well as the ability to stuff the run. As the game went on, he got more and more and more time, and he looked comfortable. Um, I thought he played extremely well. Sam Laporta, yeah, I think this is the big one. Five targets, five catches, 39 yards. Um, I felt like the same thing. He was a consistent threat, and here, here's where he was also a threat in the run game. He did a great job of setting the edge, pulling when they would run a counter. They'd pull the guard, Jonah Jackson, around to the right. Um, and it happened on one of David Montgomery's uh, first down runs. They pulled Jonah Jackson 
they brought Sam Laporta across the formation and to kick out a linebacker. He did a great job with hand placement, hat placement, pad level. Um, I thought he was he was he played a really good game. And obviously the star of the show, Brian Branch, Patrick Mahomes had not lost an opener, had not thrown an interception in an opener. And Brian Branch, the awareness of a you know, hey, overthrows and tip balls, you have to be able to get those. And he showed the awareness and, and alertness of seeing the ball, catching the ball and then taking it to the house. I thought he played a terrific game. Uh, and as it's been reported after the game, I know he went down, went out, uh, but it was just cramps. Um, and so until we know more, that's what we're going with. Uh, but I thought Jared Goff played a very good game. He protected the football. At times, you know, he had one sack, and I thought he did a good job on the way down of tucking the ball, keeping it close. We talked last week, one of the keys to the game was Jared Goff and possessing the football not turning it over. I thought he did a terrific job. Only one fumble in the game, and it could have uh, bit the Lions in the ass. Uh, they were down inside the red zone, weren't able to get points, um, and just laid the ball on the ground. It was, it was a good hit. Marvin Jones Jr. laid the ball on the ground. You cannot do that in the red zone. And I thought I didn't think they were going to be able to do that and get away with it against the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Detroit Lions responded every single time. It wasn't a thing of beauty. It wasn't pretty. But the end result is an absolute beautiful thing. Dan Campbell talked after the game, well, hey, what did you learn? I didn't learn anything. It reaffirmed everything that he knew. And I, I quite honestly, it's affirmed everything that we talked about in the offseason. We went into the draft. We went into the free agent period hoping and thinking that the Detroit Lions would do things to add to the game. Camp Sutton, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I think those were all guys that paid off. And I talked about Brian Branch already. But the, it, it reaffirmed what we felt about the Detroit Lions with those eight wins in the last 10 games last year. They go on the road at Harrowhead, and there was only a couple of times where I felt like the crowd noise really affected this offensive line. In the uh, second quarter, they had to take a timeout, uh, and that was simply because the play clock was running down. They couldn't get the communication, couldn't get the ball off timeout, and thankfully they had those. Thankfully, at the end of the first half, they could have utilized that one more timeout, but didn't. it didn't bite them in the ass. And then in the second half, it was. It really felt like there was only one time they took a delay a game, but it felt like they were – like the moment wasn't too big. And, and here's the other thing. I've watched for a number of years, whether it's in college football or the NFL, and we watched the Kansas City Chiefs uh, take on the Buffalo Bills, or we talk about Tampa and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl – different times it felt like it was a, a heavyweight bout and I just always felt like I, I wished we had a team in the fight and and last night it felt like this was two heavyweights taking swings at each other first game there's things to correct there's things to be to, that it wasn't perfect but it felt like we finally had a team that was a part of the heavyweight bout and then to be able to come out knock out the champs get a win start one and oh it was, it was a tremendous feeling. So we're going to have more as we get into next week. This is a little quick hitter, my quick reactions uh, from this team. And I, you know what? I'm going to give you just a couple of more. Offensive line, I thought they dominated for the most part in the game. Defensively, Aiden Hutchinson, I thought, dominated that offensive line. And their left tackle, Taylor, he lined up in the backfield. They never called it. I have no idea why they didn't call it. The rules as if you were watching the game, they were talking about it as well. And it felt like there were times where he would leave early. Now, sometimes he just had it timed up right. 
and he did a good job of timing it up. He knew he was going to be threatened by Aiden Hutchinson, but the pressure off the edge, and they lined him up on both sides, right and left. They lined him up over the guard. He was able to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. You could see it affect Patrick Mahomes a couple of times, and in the fourth quarter is where it really paid off. So there's just a couple of quick hitters that I thought were really productive about this game, and honestly, I think we're all just stoked and fired up that the Lions right now are 1-0. They went on the road. It's probably the biggest victory, the road victory, within the past two decades. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I know some people had talked about the possibly last year's Green Bay game, but, hey, there was nothing riding on it. Green Bay is not the same last year as Kansas City this year. So I think this is this is a monumental win. Now it depends on, hey, what do they do from here on out? What do they do with these next 10 days? I know a couple of guys got banged up. you got to heal up, but you've got to refocus. We'll see what type of leader Dan Campbell is and continue to learn more about him as he leads this team. That's a huge win, but you cannot. It's This game, <laughs> this season is 17 long. This was just simply one of them. You got to find a way to come home, get a win against Seattle. To start 2-0 would be huge for this team, for this city. So we'll come to you a little bit more next week. TJ will be back in town. Thanks for listening to Necessary Roughness.